back with another episode of the Messy Reformation. My name's Jason Rice. I'm the lead pastor at Faith Community CRC in Beaver Dam, Wisconsin. My co-host is Willie Cronkey, and he's a member at Pease CRC in Pease, Minnesota. Why did we start this podcast? Because we love the Christian Reformed Church, and we want to see Reformation happen in our denomination. And every time Reformation happens, it is messy. So we're having conversations with pastors throughout the Christian Reformed Church to find out what's going on in our denomination and to talk about what Reformation might look like. If you're not a member of the CRC, stick around anyways because the conversations we have here will apply to your denomination too. If you haven't already, take a moment, click subscribe so you don't miss any of our upcoming content. We're dropping episodes every Monday. And if you like what you're hearing, share this stuff on social media. Let people know about the conversations we're having on this podcast. With all that said, we're going to get to this week's show, which is part two of our interview with Carrie Gephardt. And I challenge people, I said, don't lose your universality your brotherhood with other Christian believers outside of our denomination, because you've got your eyes off of the apostles creed, Nicene creed, Athanasian creed. <clears throat> and you're too focused on these uh, specifics. You got to always hold those two things in tension. So, yeah. Yeah. Amen. That's uh, uh, that has been one of the benefits for me coming into the Christian Reformed church from outside of it. And even my, my undergrad, degree was at a uh like a baptist dispensationalist college um and then even while i was holding to you know solid reform doctrine but but it's allowed me to be able to be very comfortable being in relationship with other people who disagree with me and uh, we can disagree on things but we can still be in uh, in ministry partnership with one another and in just obviously fellowship with one another as right. well yeah and we got to get away from that. If you ain't Dutch, you ain't much attitude in the Christian Reformed Church. It's just the re- <laughs> the reality. I mean, we got to get away from that. Yeah, that sort of isolationist idea that you know we're sort of these elitists, and um, we've got the good theology and the good good tradition and good history. Um, you know, we can appreciate what we have. I don't think we should get rid of that um, history. You know, I don't think that we should minimize it or or um, you know mistreat it. Um, but at the same time, it's like, you know, what's more important is that we're one in Christ, you know, that we have um, uh, the gospel and yeah. that, that unites us, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the danger, uh, and we've talked about this on other podcasts as well, but one of the dangers that comes, because I think you're right, that if you if you ain't Dutch, you ain't much, that's that's terrible. That's not a good. <laughs> and we, and I mean, obviously, the Christian Reformed Church has come a long way from yeah a lot of that, you know, but it's still, yeah, obviously. Yeah. And the temptation or the, one of the things that we've seen in churches that have really tried hard to remove that Dutchness from their churches, they also then removed the reformed distinctions as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, they, they are like, well, we're not going to be a Dutch church. We're just going to be kind of this generic church. That's just like all the other churches. We need to change our name to community, something community. (laughs) Hey, be careful. My, my church, my church is faith community. Oh, hey, but you kept the CRC, man. 
You, you could have said Faith Community Church, a ministry of the CRC or something like yeah. that, you know? Well, I don't care I, about the church name, <laughs> but I'm just saying I, no, that's part of I, the sentiment, you know? I I just wanted to make you uncomfortable. I came into the church. It was already named that. and I You can't make g- me uncomfortable. I kind of giggled when Ooh. I got here anyways, because I'm like, ah, uh, I, I, we, we, names, church names are not that big of a deal. I don't think. Honestly, no. I mean, it's, it's, to, it, to me, it isn't a, a big deal, but I agree. I mean, I think that the hard, I think there's this pendulum swing, right? Where what can happen is that we get our tradition and our, and our, uh, theology, you know, um, mm-hmm. mixed in together. Yeah. So like a good example of that for me would be like, you know, it's traditional, the Christian Reformed Church, traditional church music is organ music. Mm-hmm. Like you have that you play, you know, a, a nice big pipe organ. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think pipe, I think organ music is beautiful. You know, I'm, I, I, I think it's good for, I think it's well equipped for church music and for congregation yeah. singing and, and whatnot. Yeah, but does the Bible say you have to have, you have to only play church music on an organ? No, of course not. It doesn't no. say that, you know? <laughs> so, um, you know, but people can get caught up on, but you know, if we get rid of the organ, then we're not doing the regular principle of worship anymore. It's like, yeah, you've got things mixed up in your mind a little bit. You yeah. connect your tradition to your theology. You connect your tradition to the right way of doing things because you think it's now a biblical conviction. And, and so if you're trying to get rid of that wooden shoe heritage, a lot of times you're like, yeah, but this whole Calvinism thing, like that's part of the wooden shoe heritage. You know, I mean, it's called the canons of Dort, mm-hmm. you know, it was in Dortrecht. It was in the Netherlands. So like, if we're going to get rid, we need to get rid of like these reformed distinctives too, because that's, that's wooden shoe stuff. And I'm like, well, we need to reassess here. I mean, actually, that's Bible stuff, okay? (laughs) Well, so let's make sure we're getting rid of what we really need to get rid of and really whittle that down, pun intended. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Nice, nice. So one of the one of the things you mentioned as our current one of our current struggles in the CRC is this uh, kind of top-down bureaucracy that's happening, um, kind of separated from the pew. Um, so I'd love to get your thoughts on how you th- think we got here to this place, if you have thoughts on that. But even more importantly, where do we go from here to try to start bringing some corrective um, for the health of our denomination? Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, um, a couple things on how we got here. So I'm going to use, I'm going to use an analogy to, um, um, to our, our, um, (laughs) if this doesn't get me in too trouble to our political situation right now. Um, so, uh, you know, president Trump came into office 2016 and he started doing all these executive orders, undoing all the executive orders of Barack Obama, and all the Trump supporters were like, yay, this is great. We're getting rid of all this stuff that we didn't like. And uh, I was like, yeah, but you do know that whoever next is in office is just going to do the executive order judo chop too. And probably put in yep. some stuff you don't like, you know? Yep. <laughs> so um, we don't like things. We, we like it when power is used on behalf of 
policies that we appreciate. We don't like it when power is used on behalf of things we don't agree with. Um, I think there was a lot of stuff that happened in the Christian reform denomination when the women in office controversy happened. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of um, synodical overreaches out of necessity. I think there was a lot of, uh, you know, situations that just prolonged and became, became more difficult. And you basically had to, you know, go to a, a compromise um, that the one that we're living in right now, you know, and I think a lot of what we're facing right now, um, people may disagree with me, but I think a lot of what we're facing right now is, uh, is a result of, of that policy that basically says two positions can be biblically accurate. Um, I think that um, that's disingenuous. I think it's, I honestly, I'm yeah, just saying, I agree. I don't, I'm, I'm glad that they did that because otherwise I wouldn't be able to be in the denomination, mm-hmm. um, uh, conscious wise. Um, even though I'm not part of the celebrated group, uh, in the, in the denomination. Um, but I, I think it's disingenuous to say, uh, to make a statement, uh, on, on a denominational level that says we accept both positions. Because at what point then do you say we don't accept both positions on anything? Yeah, exactly. And um, so I think it's watered down the authority of God's word, whether they mm-hmm. meet, whether they meant to or not, I think it has. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we're really going to reap, reap the, the whirlwind with that. And when we, when we face this human sexuality issue. Yeah. Um, I, and, but uh, I think the other side to that is, um, one uh, one uh, one aspect of it that I think the the whole you know sort of bureaucratic top down type stuff. Um, I have I had a uh, I had a uh, I have a mentor in the Christian Reformed Church, and he always used to tell me he says I hate that it's called the Christian Reformed Church. And if you know anything about the U U R C, it's actually not United Reformed Church churches it's united reformed churches of north america and they don't call themselves the denomination they call themselves a federation because they saw a lot of the issues with the top-down heavy stuff going on in the christian reformed church Mm -hmm. um because it's uh seen as one institution and one representative institution and so i don't think that anybody at the denominational building in grand rapids when they uh, sign political statements and they uh do all kinds of wonky stuff like that um realize that because of the the way our, our our denomination is structured it's like okay so now when people think of the christian reformed church they think of what you just did but you don't represent us yeah. We're much more complicated and much more sophisticated and much more, uh, you know, uh, spread out group. And so um, one of the ways I think that we can get away from the uh, the bureaucracy top down heavy stuff is um, they're restructuring ministry shares right now. And I'm not sure if you know this. One of my friends is uh, fellow ministers done a lot of work. Uh, in this area, uh, Aaron Vriesman. Mm-hmm. 
ton of work comparing our ministry shares dues or whatever they used to be called uh taxes on every member of our church <laughs> be part of the <laughs> denomination um to other to other denominations and the crc has one of the highest rates yeah it's 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 pretty crazy to think of but they're changing ministry shares the, the way it's structured they want people to be invested in what they're supporting and so i my one of my encouragements to every uh every classes every local church in the crc who might be listening to this right now is um put your money where your mouth is uh, I think a lot of people struggle because they're like, they may be at a, they may be at a church where it's like, well, we've always sent this amount of money to the, to the classes, or we've always sent this amount of money to the denomination. Yeah. But you know, if the denominational building is doing things and spending money and supporting things on things that you don't agree with, well now, because they're changing the way ministry shares works, you can basically say, no, we don't want to support that. You know, we're not going to send money to the office of social justice. We're not going to send money to the office of race relations. We're not going to send money mm-hmm. to this organization or, 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 or that, you know, uh, and, and if we do that, then it's basically going to be like, look, either you have to be a self-sustaining, um, find your own money, support your own ministry thing. Um, but you don't need to be a part of, you don't need to be a part of the denominational bureaucratic machine. Mm-hmm. and dwindle that dwindle that down just by voting with our money and i know that sounds crude but that's just that that to me i think it's one of the the quickest ways that we could begin to really speak and say what it is that we're not happy about and, and it's just by talking to our councils and talking to our classes about um changing how much money we give in ministry shares and i i've talked to a number of pastors who are already doing that at their local level. And uh, I think if enough people did that, it would really make waves. Cause, cause essentially what you're saying is to, to the bureaucratic machine, you're saying you've lost us, you know, we're going to be a part of the CRC, but we're not paying for that. That's baloney. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think, um, do you think the move to a council of delegates rather than a board of directors was a helpful move in going away from a top-down bureaucracy? I mean, I think it's helpful. It just all depends on who those delegates are. Yeah, it's true. Like I said, I mean, I was so disappointed to find out that the the, the delegate, like here's a strange system, right? The delegate that was voted to be sent from our classes, which is, um, you know, uh, rep, rep, uh, reputationally a conservative classes was a member from somebody's church whose name was just put forward and whose pastor just said a few things about why they thought that she would be good. And then boom, she's the council of delegates for class Deliana and she's voting against what most ministers in class Deliana would be voting for. I mean, when, oh, wow. most recently when council of delegates had the whole Neil and Avenue thing brought up, our delegate, did not vote for for sending them a letter of disapproval. And I'm like, yeah, this is not going to happen, you know? So, I mean, yeah. I'm thankful when the, you know, the classes have a, a, a good, the classes have a good delegate there. I think we need to be, I think we need to be more informed on, on how that process of that delegate being nominated and being sent to the council delegates happens. If you got good delegates, it's a good thing. If you don't, then. Yeah. I, I, I wonder 
because I, I've looked through the list of who's on our council of delegates so that I know who's there, but I've always been surprised at how few pastors are on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I, I, I get that, you know, pa- there's a lot of, a lot of pastors that think, man, that's just something else I don't want to add to my plate. I've already got so much going on. And yet, right. Um, and talking with a number of people, they've said, um, one of the reasons why the, the CRC has struggled to keep its conservatives, conservatism is that the conservatives have said, hey, I'm just going to focus on my church, my people doing gospel ministry here, and uh, I'm not going to focus on what's going on in the rest of the denomination. I've got too much going on here. Right. And the progressives or the liberals are like, well, we'll take it. We'll jump in and, and we'll do that. And so I think we need to get more conservative pastors to step up and say, yeah, I'll serve on the Council of Delegates. Yeah, I'll go to Synod and, and try to figure out how to do this. Yeah, I'm going to work to get solid deacons and elders to go go to Synod as well from our classes so that we can so that we can keep doing ministry the way that we should be doing. We could be biblically faithful and, and God honoring. I mean, it just goes to show if you don't have to spend that much time figuring out what you're going to preach, <laughs> then you have more time to do the stuff. That <laughs> I'm just, that's totally a joke. Okay. Um, but um, yeah, I think you're right. Like I said, it's like that functional congregationalism. Like yeah. that's what, it, that's what it ends up being. It's like, um, yeah, we're, you know, we're just going to focus on what we got going on here and and not really be bothered with everything that's going on. So I think we need more awareness. I think we need more, uh, you know, I, and I think a lot of that can be done at the local level, just if a pastor is more aware of what's going on at the denominational level. Because, I mean, I've gone to multiple consistory meetings. I've gone to multiple council meetings where I've just said, hey, just so you know, this thing happened. And, and uh, you know, I'll see elders' jaws drop like, in the CRC mm-hmm. that happened. I'm like, yeah, yeah. You need to be aware of this stuff because it's yeah. happening. So. Um, yeah. yeah. One of the um, kind of the final question uh, we ask every pastor on this podcast, um, there's a quick yes or no question and then a, a follow-up. Um, but I'm not you- good at those. If you couldn't tell. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you can just roll into the follow-up. I'll give you both questions right away. How about that? The first question is, do you think the CRC is worth saving? And then two, what, what steps do we need to take long-term, short-term um, to save it if, if you think it is worth saving? So the question for the first question is, yes, of course, I think it's worth saving. I wouldn't be a part of the denomination if I didn't think it was worth saving. I wouldn't be talking to you guys if I didn't think it was worth saving. I'd save my time on it, you know? <laughs> Man, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, um, I, I know I know a lot of people who, you know, may not agree with that. Um, I believe firmly that the, the Christian Reformed Church is still part of the visible church. Um, I don't think it's too far gone. Um you know, I think that there's a lot of good gospel ministry that happens in the Christian Reformed Church, and and I would hate to see that, you know, be lost. So what do I think the path forward is? Um, I think, uh, I've thought about this some, and I think that there's a few things that could really, um, 
shift our church, uh, the Christian Reformed Church, in, in the right direction. Um, number one, at at this point, we're called the Christian Reformed Church in North America. We're a binational denomination. Um, I think that that um, is really unnecessary. And I think that more recent changes that have happened with the government in the, in Canada, that has basically required the Canadian uh, half of the Christian reformed church to have its own organization, its own executive director, its own board of its own board, its own everything Um, really makes me feel like, you know, are we hanging on to this whole binational thing for no reason, but to just be the cool thing. It's the neat thing. It's the cool thing, you know? Uh, why don't we, um, why don't we separate and why don't we be the Christian reformed church in America and Christian reformed church in Canada and be sister denominations like we are with the RCA right now and the EPC and, and, and that kind of thing. I bring that up because I don't want to just say, well, let's see you later, all my Canadian brothers and sisters, but there's so many differences between, uh, the culture and the way the government functions in, in Canada and and what happens in, in the states that I, I do think it's a significant enough difference to to just let us truly be um you know uh the churches that we need to be in our local context and our in our where God's placed us. Um but I also think that if the Christian Reformed churches in Canada were uh no longer part of um synods that happened with the Christian reformed church in the United States or however, whatever we would name that um, there would be some shifting around there would be some shifting that would go on in the placement of where, where that would leave uh, Senate. Would it be more conservative? Would it be filled with more moderates, less liberals? I, I I'm not really sure. I'm my guess though, is that it would make, it would make it the denomination if it was just limited to the, the U S churches, more conservative. Um, and I think that's, a, I think that's a genuine possibility. I think that's something that could happen in the near future. Um, when I saw all those things that sort of went on and happened um, that needed to happen between um, the church, the, the CRC churches in Canada and in the U S I was like, okay, well, you know, I, I was curious if that happened, you know, how would that change the makeup of things? Yeah, well, I, most of those recommendations are things that needed to happen in order for the Canadian CRC churches to be in order would make us functionally two separate denominations. And we functionally are. That, that's what yeah. I'm saying. So what's the point of keeping the association? Uh, you know, uh, you, you need to sell me on that. So and, and like I said, part of it would be, you know, if the Christian Reformed Church um, in Canada was had its own synods with its own delegates and we had our own synod with our own delegates, that would change the makeup of of mm-hmm. those synods. And I would think in, in the U.S., at least I think I would make it lean more conservative. Um, so that's sort of a that's sort of a hypothetical obviously yeah uh, but more short term um the uh, uh this this uh, human sexuality report mm-hmm. needs to be passed it needs to be approved but that's not where it needs to end so i know you said we're sort of looking we're sort of gearing up to senate 2021 um you know, we're actually sort of gearing up to Senate 2021, 2022, 2023, and 2024. This is a long game, okay? Yep. 
Yeah. Because if you know what's gone on uh, before, um, there's this, it's going to be this mutual going back and forth type thing, right? So one of the statements that's in this human biblical sexuality report is that they determined that the theology that they are summarizing in this report is status confessionis. That means it's of confessional status. Now, there needs to be some serious clarification on this because I can almost guarantee you that up at Synod, there's going to be people trying to cause some confusion. Okay. When that gets brought up, what is not being said is that we need to make this human biblical sexuality report a new confession. And so that we're the church that has the four forms of unity. And the fourth is the human sexuality report. Okay. Um, when that is brought up status confessionis, it's not saying that we need to create a new confession. That's a, in catechism form, like the great lakes catechism, which is a fine resource or whatever. Um, it's not saying that either. It's saying that the theology put forth about biblical human sexuality in this report lines up with the confessions we already believe summarize the teachings of Scripture. So that's yeah. the Heidelberg Catechism, the Belgic Confession of Faith, and the Canons of Dort. Okay, particularly the Heidelberg Catechism has a uh, question and answer about yeah. uh, sexual immorality yeah. and pornea and. Uh, and in one of the scripture references in that is first Corinthians six. Yep. So um, that needs to be clarified um, because if that gets approved and that's clarified and we, and Senate agrees that what is put forth in this human sexuality report is of confessional status, then that means 2022 is going to be really important yeah. because there's going to be appeals from those who disagree and there's going to be disciplinary cases brought against yes. the churches who aren't holding to it because I, I haven't been a part of the CRC that long, but one thing I caught on to about the CRC is this is what they like to do. They like to create a really nice, good theological biblical report and be like, see, look, we're Orthodox. Look at this beautiful biblical report, but it has no teeth in it. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't do you any good to have a, a statement that says, this is what we hold to, right? Like, mm-hmm. for instance, our official position on homosexuality is that homosexual activity is sinful. Yes. Our synodical uh, position that's been put forth as, uh, you know, reference to pastors is we should not participate in uh, married unions between uh, t- people of the same sex. Um. And that uh, we are called to make sure that the people who struggle with same-sex attraction in our churches feel that they are part of the body of Christ, um, but they are not supposed to be sexually active. Um, Yet, that's our state of position. Yet, Neelan Avenue can ordain a woman who's in a same-sex marriage to the office of deacon. And has anything been done about that? classes grand rapids done anything about that um grand rapids east done anything about that nothing's been done about that so it doesn't matter if you have a position if you have no uh if you have no mechanism to hold the people in your denomination that you've covenanted together with to that position and i would say one of the biggest things about the christian reformed church that is facing us right now 
you know, I, I said, I believe that Christian Reformed Church is part of the visible church, right? But the Belgian Confession says that there's three marks to the true church. And the one that the Christian Reformed Church doesn't have much of anymore is the mark of discipline. Mm-hmm. Yep. We believe in the 11th commandment. Uh, that shall not make people upset. That shall be nice <laughs> to everyone. That yep. shall not, that shall not hurt anybody's feelings. And um, I think that we're going to really need to um, realize that what happens if this report gets uh, approved, which I think it will, I, my honest opinion is I believe it will get, go through um, that 20, 20, Senate 2022 2023 are going to be some really important synods. Um, and, and after that, the church, the denomination could go in a number of directions. You know, my wish, my desire, what I'm praying for is that those, uh, that those churches who are, want to be open and affirming, who affiliate with one body, all one body, and those kinds of organizations in the CRC would do the right thing and say, we're no longer, we no longer fit into this denomination based on our convictions. And we're going to find another denomination that aligns with what we believe in. And they go and do that, you know? Yes. And one of the things that I keep thinking of is there's a whole swath of RCAs (laughs) who are going in that direction and who are actually, you know, they're, they're uh, splitting their denomination. And so one of the things I keep thinking about in the future is if this happens, you know, we could have, we could start, we, one of the things that's been suggested to me is why don't we just go ahead and just go on the offensive and just start with the graceful separation right now. Like, you know, since 2021, the, the, the sexuality report is approved 2022. We just come with it on the offensive. Let's just, let's just, you know, gracefully separate. And you, you who want to be open and affirming, you go that way. And, uh, you know, uh, we, we pray that the Lord would, you know, would, would work in your ministries and, and, and work in your hearts and whatever it may be. And we're not, you know, and then we could have a union uh, between the, the RCA churches who uh, are going to be looking for a new home soon. Uh, and we could have uh, something, something quite different. I mean, that, that's, one of the, that, that's one of the directions that I could see happening. I mean, I talked to a, uh, a buddy that I did EPMC with, and he's a member of uh, the classes, in Br- classes BC, British Columbia. And he said that all of the RCA churches in British Columbia approached cl- their classes and said, we would like to join your classes. And I think there could be a lot more of that happening. Yeah. So that's a direction that I see uh, moving forward. Um, and I think that one of the things that I really want to communicate to other conservative minded people and, and confessional minded people in the CRC is we get sort of painted as we're the grumpy people who are being mean spirited about this conversation. And um, I got convicted about that because um, I think that our tone in the conversations that are going to be coming up needs to communicate um, something different. So when people, so when people have this conversation about biblical sexuality and they, uh, 
They say, why can't you, why don't you just want people to be happy? You know, I've met some really nice, lovely, um, uh, married, uh, gay couples and, and lesbian couples. I've met some very, uh, very lovely same-sex attracted couples. And, uh, they have these wonderful stories and the way they serve God. And if you think about the way that they're talking about it, um, they're, they're, they're emphasizing uh, the positive aspects. Mm-hmm. And so then when we come and defend the biblical doctrine, it sounds a lot of times like we're def- we're emphasizing the negative aspects of it. Yeah. So, but, but the truth is we're actually the ones um, who have the most beauty and the most glory to offer. Yes. So we're not saying we want you to give up something that's great for something that's less great. <laughs> we're saying to these people, we're saying to our church, we're saying to our denomination, we're saying to those who uh, who have been deceived about this, that actually what we're saying is you have to give up something less that you're holding on to, that you think is so wonderful, to the greatest thing that you can have in this world, and that's fellowship with the triune God. Amen. And so I'm like, I would like for us to come with, with that kind of um, with that kind of tone that says, look. You know, we're not the grumpy people here. We're ex- we're having our hand out, extending and offering the, the best thing that this world has to offer. And you're the ones trying to communicate that we should go with a cheap substitute. Yes. So, um, but because because the arguments can be so embittered and because the arguments can be so, well, you're just you have, you're just talking about people's stories. You're not talking about the Bible. We need to listen to the Bible. We need to, the Bible says this, you know. Um I think that our tone should be more like we're we're encouraging you, we're inviting you to be a part of something that's yes. better than what the world has to offer. Amen. And and so as we move forward into what I think is going to be a really contested time in the CRC, Senate 2021, Senate 2022, Senate 2023, um, my my encouragement to conservatives is remember what you have. Mm-hmm. And that is actually greater and more wonderful and more beautiful and more glorious and more pleasurable and more amazing than, than, than the, uh, you know, the, the uh, generic brand cheeses, which are horrible, you know, and, and, and speak that way Amen. because right now they're winning that conversation because they come across like they have something new. They have something that's wonderful. That's glorious, but it's not. It's a lie. So I hope that our conversations moving forward, even though we're going to be in, even though it's going to be a tough conversation and tough argument, you know, argument about what the direction the CRC goes. Uh, if conservatives bring more of that understanding of, of uh, to what we're saying, uh, I think that'll be much more appealing. I think that'll be come across much more meaningful than uh, a bunch of angry people shouting into the microphones that, you know, this is what the Bible says. That's my thinking. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. This is is why I wanted you on the podcast. Well, that's all we have for this week. Stay tuned next week when we go back up to Canada and we interview Brian Dunn. But until then, don't forget that this is Christ's church and he bought it with his blood. And he warned us that wolves would come in and try to destroy his flock. So keep a close watch on your life and on your doctrine. 
preach the word in season and out of season and keep fighting the good fight in this messy reformation. Mm -hmm.